It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Four Figure Discount is brought to you by our incredible supporters on Patreon who each month enjoy our exclusive Futurama podcast, classic movie reviews, Simpsons audio commentaries, early ad-free access to all of our shows, including Speaking of the Hill, Talking Seinfeld, Going Down to South Park, The One About Friends and more, as well as access to our exclusive Facebook community where you get to banter with us all on a daily basis. Plus, we've just set ourselves a goal of launching a Bob's Burgers podcast once we hit a thousand supporters. So go ahead and join the family today and get even more Four Finger Discount in your ears every week at patreon.com slash discount. Link is in the description of this podcast. Did you know that by becoming a Four Finger Discount patron, you get access to hours of exclusive podcasts for as little as $1 per month? This includes not only early access to all of our shows, including this one, Talking Seinfeld, Tales of Futurama, Take It Like a Mandalorian, and more, but you also get access to our exclusive Four Finger Discount Facebook group, monthly prize draws, regular Zoom calls with Guy and myself, as well as access to our new Four Finger Discount Revisited Classics, where each month we handpick some of our favourite episodes from the first 10 seasons, including last month's Bart vs. Australia, and with Valentine's Day just around the corner, we'll be revisiting I Love Lisa. So why not join the Four Finger Discount family today by going to patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Four Finger Discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, a very special episode of Four Finger Discount. It is the Season 12 wrap-up. Basically, we've run through all 21 episodes of Season 12. I can't believe we got through the all, Mr. Davis, but now we're here, and we're going to be running through our top 10 episodes of the season. I am Dando, and of course, as I just said, you are who? I am Guy, supposedly. <laughs> <laughs> I am Guy? Yes. Uh, no, I'm Guy, and it's very nice to be here uh, talking about, uh, as, as we said, our... Uh, the uh, dizzying highs, crushing lows, and creamy centres of, uh, of, uh, of season 12 of The Simpsons. What were you expecting going into it? Because I this, I was still watching The Simpsons at this point. I, was, I started teetering off around about here, but I knew there were some good ones. But I was actually surprised by how many more really good episodes were in this season that I remembered. Things like for suggestion, um, Hungry Hungry Homer, I thought came a bit later. I didn't realise that was in this season. I really, really enjoyed that one. I always sort of had season 12 as Trilogy of Error and, and Homer. Mm. That's sort of like the ones that I remember the most, but there was a plethora. I say plethora. There was a, a, a good, you know, 
six to eight episodes that I think are really, really solid in this season. First of all, I think plethora is fair. I think that's a, 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 a perfectly acceptable use of that, a perfectly prominent use of that term. Um, yeah, look, going in, look, I, I didn't have any sort of uh, set expectations about uh, quality high or low I was just but I was a little concerned because you know there was sort of buzz going around even before we started talking I was like "Eh, this is where it starts to drop off a bit and I'm like oh god did I board this train at exactly the wrong time you know are we going to be just talking about "Eh, it's okay I guess you know for the next uh, 21 episodes and beyond but you know as you said Dan I mean uh Looking back over the last, uh, yeah, 21 episodes. 21? Hang on a sec. Let me just do a little scoot. 21, down. yeah. 21 yeah, episodes. 20. Look, it's normally 22, but this, for some reason they had 21 this season, yeah. Yeah, looking back over them, it's like, yeah, there's a few very solid ones in here. Some absolutely pleasant surprises. I mean, as I uh, as I said during uh, our recaps of various episodes, oh, I've forgotten that, that this was in that or that this person guest starred in this particular episode or whatever. Um as I pointed out, the quality varies, of course, but uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised more often than not. And you know, of course, there are going to be some absolute duds. That's just the way things go. But uh, yeah. you know, you 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 roll with it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, except the crazy roller coaster that it is popular culture. You see, there aren't many shows out there that can consistently have great episodes all season. Anyway, I mean, not every show is going to have. There was, there was there were like you said some duds in this season, but I think there was far less bad episodes in this than there were good. Yeah, and look, even if we say, oh, look, didn't really care for such and such, and I think you know what I'm talking about when I say that. Some one person's trash is another person's treasure. One person's uh, crud is another person's champagne. So yeah, but just because we don't like the episode doesn't mean that it's bad. It's, it's just that I didn't enjoy it, and you might not have enjoyed it. But I'm sure there's like you said, there's listeners out there who've gone, hey. That's my favourite episode. Exactly. That doesn't, that, that doesn't doesn't mean you're right or wrong either. It just means that you enjoy it. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, no, but of course, Dando and I do reserve the right to just, you know, poke fun at you and, and mock you and then <laughs> mercilessly sledge you for your terrible, terrible take. No, 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 no. Everybody... One of my one of my mottos in life or, or one of my credos is that everybody's got their something. Everybody's got their something. And it's, and it's either... And a, well, everybody's got a certain ability and everybody's got certain tastes and, you know... You've just got to, um, we've all got our opinions and uh, let's just, uh, sometimes we'll agree to agree, sometimes we'll agree to disagree, but I don't think we should be sort of, you know, cracking skulls over it. No, 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 not of course. Unless, of course, we're talking about Simpsons Safari, which uh, categorically sucks. And if you like it, you're a terrible person. And, you know, you should maybe reconsider locating to a desert island and just, you know, sitting down having a good hard look at yourself. Now, Philip Hawkins, <laughs> one of our patrons, said that uh, Philip Hawkins says that it's his favourite episode of the season. So there you go. Get out of here, Philip Hawkins. No, no. <laughs> Uh, so what we're going to do today, uh, this week, is we're going to just give our thoughts on Season 12, which we've already done, and I'm going to give my top five, and Guy's put together his top five, mm-hmm. but before we run through them, I'm also we're also going to try and guess each other's top five and see how close we can go, and see how like spot on in order, and also for a bit of fun today in the Facebook group for the patrons, I said on there, alright, a prize goes through the first person who can guess each of our top fives, and a bonus prize if you can get it in the right order. I haven't looked yet. We shall soon find out if anybody gets those correct. And if you do, double thumbs up to you. You're going to have a kick-ass prize coming your way. But before we get into our top 10 episodes of Season 12, Mr. Davis, I just drove on the way home from work, called into your place. By the way, listeners, Sticks still on the doorstep. 
Um, I dropped off those prize, uh, not the prize, those uh, presents that I said I got for you that I saw at work last week. They're the last ones that we had left. They were like last ofs. And you've got the box there. I'm assuming you haven't peeked yet or have you had a peek? I have not peeked. I'm a man of my word in that regard, Dan. You said, don't look inside, yeah, yeah. and I did not. I'm a curious cat. So, you know, this yes. This is, so- mm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm keen, man. Let's, uh, can, I, can I go have a look now? Can I look? Can I look? You can have a look. Th- these things can only be sourced from the States now. So I hope you enjoy. Ooh. Okay. I'm feeling very much like Brad Pitt in Seven here. Uh-huh. What's in, <laughs> what's the, in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Ooh. 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 <laughs> I, folks, when I was sitting next to Dando uh, during my stint at pop culture, I clearly must have been talking about the... Uh, 1979 Disney Curio, The Black Hole, a lot. Because it's more Black Hole merch, folks. Including, <laughs> oh my god, it's uh, it's a rather large uh, Maximilian the Killer robot. with It looks like a, um, ooh, a, a different head. And all manner of creepies. Oh god, that's quite nice. Ooh, that is very nice. I'll be taking some photos. Of, I, folks... You're very patient with me, out at you fellow fingers and all that kind of stuff. I'm always saying, hey, I'll put a photo up and think. Hold me to it. You know, I mean, if you want to direct message me and say, guy, lift your game, please do so. But hang on, I'm reaching into the box because there's more stuff. Well, there was Evil Maximilian, the evil robot, and now we've got Vincent and Bob, the cool, good robots, and uh, little action figures of these guys as well with um, Additional moving parts and uh, new hands and heads and all that kind of business. Oh, my God. Collector's action figures with accessories and diorama. Dando, good God, sir. I'm going to have to... <laughs> I actually do have a present for Dando, folks, but he caught me on the hop and I didn't get a chance to give it to him this afternoon, but I'll be doing that a bit <laughs> later. Oh, but this is a remarkable gift. Oh, man. Well, I, I looked at these things and I was like, even I would want these. <laughs> I've never seen the movie. They just look, they just look cool. And basically, yeah, like I said, they were last ofs. We, we haven't had them for a long time. And I thought, this is the last chance you're going to have to have them. If you don't want them, just sell them again. But I thought, I might as well get them for you. Have a little end of season gift. Well, I may re- re-gift one of these to you and you can have them in your... Um, in your um Delightful study slash uh, museum of memorabilia. I th- I th- I, if, if you want the death stare from Nicola, yes, do that because she doesn't want any more shit coming in these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, the lovely Louise has only set foot in my study maybe twice in the two years that we've been going out. Actually, coming up on two years, we're, we're, we're approaching our two year anniversary. So, um, yeah, she took a she stuck her head in there. It's like, oh, yeah, it's not as bad as you made it out. I'm like, mm, I did tidy up a little. Dando, these are fantastic. Thank you very, very much, sir. This is marvelous. All right, yep. No Fo- problem. Photos will be taken and shared with uh, with the fingers online, where you will all sort of uh, you'll all weep and gnash your teeth with jealousy because this is some pretty rad shit right here. So let's get into our top ten episodes of season twelve. I will kick off what I think your top five are, and you can give you can read out what you think my top five are. We won't say anything, and then we'll just get into it and we'll see how good we are, see how much we know each other. Indeed. So, I think your top five. In this order, so I haven't written them in the order. I'm going to look at them now and say, all right, I reckon your number five will be Children of a Lesser Clod, because I remember you said it was very quotable. You like the quotes. I do. I think your number four will be, mm, I'm going to say Trilogy of Error. I think your number three will be Insane Clown Poppy. Number two, Hungry Hungry Homer. And number one, New New Kids on the Black. What do you think my top five are going to be? 
Okay, well, um, yeah, I don't have these in order, so I'm, I might be a little random here, but I'll... Uh, That's fine. Just just, see, just try and pick my number one then, at least. Well, well I, I'm pretty sure I know what your number one is. But leading up to that, so this is a little bit random, but uh, we'll see how we go here. I think in Dando's top five, some of the titles will be Day of the Jackanapes, Pokemon, Skinner's Sense of Snow, A Tale of Two Springfields, and definitely sitting atop the, uh, the ladder is Homer. Okay, so let's get into our top ten, shall we? You kick off with your number five. Okay, um, Trilogy of Error. Trilogy of Error is your number five, okay, yeah. What did I say? I thought it was going to be your number four, okay, yeah. yeah. So I knew that you liked this one, but not that much, but it's just, it's a really solid episode, isn't it? It is. It's just, it's, it? so, it's so unique, it's, it's, the three stories intertwine in such a clever way, like each, there's like little teasers for the, the story throughout each one, but you've got to keep watching to find out, what was that all about, and, you know what I mean? So yeah, what did you like most about Trilogy of Error? I did like the, the ingenious kind of... Um yeah, the structure of it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's as we pointed out during our during our review, it pays tribute to um, the movie Go, uh, also the um, movie Run Lola Run, two uh, movies from the uh, from the late nineties that I enjoyed very much. So yeah, I, I like the tribute to those. I was a, I was a big fan of um, Frankie Muniz's uh, guest spot as um, studious little uh, SWAT Thelonious, uh, Lisa's dream boy, and of course it's got uh, it's got Jumantinia in there as Fatoni which I very much enjoy anytime he shows up. A bit of linguo as well. A bit of linguo, yes, of course. I mean, I am the human equivalent of linguo, so it's, it's good. <laughs> always good to see a always good to see a kindred spirit in there. So, yeah, I mean, um, I was, I was a, quite the fan of um, of Trilly Givera, and um, yeah, you, you, you're on the money pointing it out that I did enjoy it. I'm just imagining you right now walking down through some dark alley in Melbourne. You see some gangsters doing, you know, killing somebody or trying to get some money from somebody, they're saying some bad language and you're just correcting their grammar. <laughs> but anyway, my number five of season 12 episodes mm-hmm. is worst episode ever. <gasps> oh, it- I was really caught off guard by how much I enjoyed this episode. I Not that I didn't have much memories of it, but I, the comic book guy Agnes relationship was so sweet oh, and charming. I I really really liked that. I thought I wish it went further. I know they sort of wrote it off very quickly at the end there, but it just like I said just caught me off guard. I thought um the dynamic between um that that relationship and Skinner's hatred for it was really really solid, but it's also got the great B A story depending what you want to call it of Bart Milhouse running the comic book store, which I really enjoyed as well cuz that's just like every kid's dream. I just I think overall that was just it was such a really I keep saying caught me off guard. It was just such a really, it was a big surprise about how much I liked that episode. So, yeah, worst episode ever was my number five. Do you, what, are, what were your thoughts on that one? I did enjoy that very much, yes. I mean, uh, as, a, as a bit of a horror nerd, I'm always happy to uh, see Tom Savini pop up in any capacity, whether he is creating uh, grotesque and disgusting gore effects or mm. um, just showing up on camera and being, uh, you know, completely jacked in the, in, still in his 70s. So yeah, very happy to see, uh, very happy to see Tom at any time. And you're right about that relationship between comic book, comic book guy and Agnes. Uh, as I pointed out in the episode, so many rock solid relationships are based on uh, <laughs> shared disdain for anything and everyone. So yeah, those two sort of uh, bonding over their <laughs> shared dislike of stuff was uh, was very enjoyable. Yeah, I liked the worst episode ever. I did. 
Your number four. My number four is Children of a Lesser Clod. <laughs> Children of a Lesser Clod. I wasn't far off. We got those two switched around. So mm. yeah, I remember. You, I just remember you going. I was really glad I watched this episode. It had a lot of quotes, <laughs> and I thought I, I remember that, and I thought that's that's, that's going to be playing on his mind. So Children of a Lesser Clod. What did you enjoy the most about it? As we said, yes. I mean, a lot of um, just a lot of great sort of. Uh, yeah, um, one-liners. One-liners, absolutely. Uh, yeah, just stuff like "go for the gusto," which um, yeah is, is stuff that I uh, use in uh, in everyday life. Uh, a, a fair bit of Frink in there as well, which I dig. Uh, yeah, just a, a a fun episode all round. You were a big fan of Arnie Pie in the Sky too, weren't you? Oh, of course. I keep forgetting about uh, yeah how he can't see through metal. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was, I, I think he was the MVP of that particular episode, certainly. My number four, it's going to be controversial because many people think it's my favourite episode of the season. My number four is Homar. <gasps> oh, now, letter. Now, what happened is before we started season 12, I would have said that this was my favourite episode of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Granted, I hadn't gone back and really revisited these episodes all that often for a while. And I watched it. And as much as I really, really liked the episode, I remember thinking when it ended, that wasn't as good as I remembered it being. But I still really liked it. But there's, there's as obviously, there's three other episodes that I liked more. So, Homer, to me, is, it feels very, I say, Oakley Weinstein era-ish. So, like, very similar to season seven, eight-ish of The Simpsons. Um, it's got a really nice dynamic there with Homer and Lisa because, you know, this is a... Uh, a side of Homer we've never seen before. We've never seen him as very, very intelligent. Uh, and it's nice to see Lisa finally be able to bond with Homer. I think that aspect of the story is really, really sweet. It is a little bit silly at times with the crown in his brain, but mm. the end, the ending is still one of my favorite endings of the season where he's written the letter f- uh, for Lisa. Um, yeah, Homer is definitely, it's worthy of being my top five. I thought going into it would be my, my number one, but once I reassessed all the different episodes, number four for me, still a great episode. <laughs> I, I, I 100% get where you're coming from, yeah. I mean, it's uh, I think that uh, that whole relationship between Homer and Lisa in this episode is very, very sweet. Uh, and it's a lovely sort of core sentiment and core idea. The rest of the episode surrounding it is also not bad at all, but, yeah, not quite uh, worthy of that, se- of that core idea. I think you might be right. Number three. Number three for me is New Kids on the Black. Ooh, okay. New Kids on the Black. I thought it would have been your number one. So, New Kids on the Black. <laughs> I know how much you enjoyed the Ensic appearance. I'll let you take this away. Look, we've had so many uh, terrific guest stars on uh, on The Simpsons over the, uh, well, yeah, the whole the course of the entire series, uh, really. I mean, uh, it's kind of a, a rite of passage for either veteran stars or up-and-comers. Like, hey, you want to come in and do a, do a voice on The Simpsons? Either be yourself or be a character. And, you know, I imagine that... <laughs> their their hit rate is probably somewhere around ninety nine point eight percent. I can't imagine yeah. many people turning down The Simpsons. Bruce Springsteen so, was one of them. He turned him down. Not the boss. Oh, he turned Bruce. him down like he was supposed. To, you know when Bart falls down the well, he was supposed to be the one that digs him out, and they got Sting instead. A worthy alternate. I like. Oh. I, I like. <laughs> I like both uh, Sting and the boss. So I mean, yes. and, and Sting was a. a, a I liked how he sort of was willing to take the piss out of himself there because Sting is notoriously sort of up himself. But no, that would have been interesting to have Bruce in there as well. But then I don't think Bruce has ever really sort of... 
he's never been that interested in making the transition to the big screen. I think he's only made like one appearance on film and it was in the movie High Fidelity. Yeah, he's not like that guy who's like, hey, look, it's Uncle Bruce on like Full House and stuff. He's not that kind of guy, is he? Yeah, no, he's certainly not that kind of fella. Um, but yeah, when we're talking about guest stars, and of course there are going to be varying degrees of quality and enthusiasm in the performance. But um, yeah, what, uh, what NSYNC brought to the table here was just, yeah, a, a real joy. I mean, you can feel like, I don't know how long the guys in the band had actually, you know, it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Been part of showbiz or been in the public eye or how much success I'd enjoyed at this stage but the, there was a real tangible glitz. oh my god we're on the Simpsons you know and, it, felt um, like, it felt like people who had grown up watching the Simpsons now being on their favourite show didn't it absolutely it did yeah 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 so um, I just thought that was the real I, I think there was a lot to enjoy in it I think it was a smart episode in terms of the whole you know subliminal messaging and uh you know, getting people to sign up for the military and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I think my favourite uh, aspect of it was just the, um, well, the in- of course, the InSync uh, guest stars, but also how they recondi- how they sort of um, reconditioned and refurbished existing characters, you know, Bart, Milhouse, uh, Ralph, Nelson. Who's the other member? No, that's all, there's four of them, yeah. There's only four? Oh, God, I thought, yeah, I thought there were yeah. five. There's, there's always five in a boy band, see? That, this is one mistake yeah, yeah. they made. This is what kept it from number one, folks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, how, how they um, turned these uh, iconic Simpsons characters into iconic boy band characters, into uh, iconic boy band archetypes. I really love that as well. So, uh, yeah, um, a, very, a very fun episode. And, of course, um, a... Good tribute slash piss take of uh, of Mad Magazine, which is the writers' room as, is so good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, which is as pivotal to American humor as The Simpsons is. Yeah, I completely agree. I think also if you're a child who grew up in the '90s when boy bands were a big, uh, big thing, and you know you actually enjoyed boy bands, I think you would have been a bit too old for boy bands by that point. You were you were more like the uh, the the grunge era, wouldn't you? I was more like a shoegaze kind of guy. It's like, mm, yeah, yeah. Mm, do we? <laughs> Please don't make us successful. We're just about the art. <laughs> but having said that, I mean, of course, of course, you know, I mean, I, th- I think I told you that, you know, the lovely Louise on New Year's Eve, we were just watching MTV Classic all night, and they had a bunch of boy bands on there. It's like yeah, at some deck of these, and all that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> to use, you know, the vernacular of the younger generation, some of these songs absolutely fucking slap. You know, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think if you grew up in that era, like I was saying, grew up in the 90s, then you will have that nostalgic love for it because you don't really see many boy bands anymore. Well, I don't really follow the top 20, but you don't seem to see them sort of like the... I think the last real big one was like One Direction. You know what I mean? I like, think so, they, they, yeah. But like the, the, if you lived through that era of like the mid to late 90s where boy bands, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, all that kind of thing, you'll love this episode for that for that reason, you know? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, um. Yeah, that's why I was a, uh, a a fan of uh, New Kids on the Black. And let's not forget Yvonne Netanyahu. 
still one of the most quotable things that, ever. <laughs> let's let's never forget that because well, it's just hypnotic. All right, next one for you, Dando. My number three is Hungry Hungry Homer. I think Ooh. this was my favorite version of Homer. I think for the entire season, it was a really fun, believable story. You can really imagine Homer actually doing this. You know, it's not ridiculous. It's something that basically anybody can do. And as I believe Pat Wright pointed out, it was a throwback to I never I never realized it when we were doing the review when I watched it, but the clothes, the way he looked when he, he was um essentially dying were the same way he looked when Marge kicked him out in the episode Secrets of a Successful Marriage and he was living in the treehouse for a while. Oh. So he looked he looked exactly the same as that. But yeah, I just think it's a really I, I always enjoyed the sport related episodes of The Simpsons, but this wasn't really about the sport if you know what I mean. It was about, it, it, inc- it included the, the sporting team, but it wasn't about mm-hmm. the sport in itself. So it was a little bit different there, but I just think, as I said, this was my favorite version of Homer. Um, a bit of a strange ending with the mayor of Albuquerque. I don't think it really needed that, mm-hmm. but if you sort of put that aside, the ending where Homer's, because he stuck his guns to something here. And I always like when Homer sticks his gun to something and he succeeds. And he succeeded here and he's getting acclaim from his friends and family. Everyone was throwing the food out. Mm. It was a, a parody of, which film was it again? The, uh, the, the Natural. One? The Natural, that's right, yeah. All the fireworks going and everything. I just thought it was a really, really good episode. It was indeed. And uh, I think this is an opportune time to mention that uh, this was also in my top five. Ooh, okay. So don't tell us when yet. Don't tell us when yet. Don't tell us when. But uh, so Hungry Homer is my number three. What's your number two? Hungry Hungry Homer. <laughs> oh, okay, so <laughs> okay then. Alrighty. So Hungry I won't Hungry is your number two. I, I wasn't going to tell you then, but I'll tell you now. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, no, I enjoy. Yeah, I, for all the reasons that you mentioned. I mean, look, I think we saw a lot of uh, what's been dubbed either by someone else. I don't think we came up with this one, but Jackass Homer. We saw a lot of him in season twelve, and sometimes in ways that was like, yeah. Um, Either ridiculous or unrealistic, but often unappealing. And it's like, you know... Yeah, unappealing is a good word. Homer's a jerk um, and a bit of a clod, but usually a well-meaning doofus as opposed to, you know, an outright dick. (laughs) You know, um... So it's it's like that line in Guardians of the Galaxy where Peter Quill says, you know, like, I may be an a-hole, but I'm not 100% dick. And that's Homer. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, I mean... An episode like this one, like Hungry Hungry Homer, where, you know, there's still moments of foolishness and doltishness, but mostly uh, you see the better part of his nature. And he sort of uses his various tools, you know, blunt and unwieldy as they are sometimes, for the, for the greater good. It's, 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 um, it's a very heartwarming episode in a lot of ways. It is. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the way the, the family always stick by him. Mean, yeah, it's just... It was even better than I remembered it being, for sure. Absolutely, and um, also I was a, I was a fan of uh, Stacey Keach's uh, guest performance as uh, as Howard K. Duff the Eighth. Oh, we can't forget uh, Duffman was in this too, wasn't he? He was also great. oh, and of course, yeah, and plenty of Duffman as well. Oh, yeah, another reason why this is a a bit of a champ. We got the face turn of Duffman, remember at the end? <laughs> that's right, he went babyface. <laughs> <laughs> My number two is one that's already been mentioned in your top five. It is Trilogy of Error. We've already discussed it. Very, very unique. I'm always a big sucker for the the more unique episodes. After when, when I was putting this top five together, after watching all the episodes, I thought this is going to be my number one. And then I thought about it. I thought long and hard, and I thought, you know what? As much as I like it, it's still not quite a traditional Simpsons episode, which is what mm. knocked it out from being in the first position. But yeah, 
as for all the reasons I mentioned before, very unique. The three stories intertwine so well. Very, very clever. Got Joe Montagna, Linguo. It's just, I never get sick of watching this episode. It is a lot, a lot of fun. So let's get in now to our number one. The time has come, Mr. Davis. Drum roll, please. All right, Mr. Davis, you're number one. Hit us. What is it? Numero uno pour moi is Insane Clown Poppy. You were a sucker for Insane Clown Poppy. I, I'm fucking, I should have trusted my gut. I knew you really enjoyed this, didn't you? I did, I did. I mean, um, and I get the feeling that uh, you may have enjoyed it as well for, well, two words, Drew Barrymore, but there are other reasons to enjoy <laughs> it, of course. But yeah, look, the reason that I dig this, I mean, uh, look, it's it's got a bit of a literature base to it, uh, at the very start at least. I mean, look, I'm a big fan of Stephen King, um, I'm a big fan of John Updike and not just for his surname. Uh, and it's also got uh, Jay Moore doing a, a really bang on Christopher Walken impersonation. Christopher Walken is probably one of my favourite actors of all time. So uh, yeah, to hear "Good night, Moon," "Good night, Moon," <laughs> you know, come here with the scooching, you know, that that's always an absolute hoot. So uh, and look, I, Drew was uh, Drew Barrymore was um, ideal casting. I mean, that that girl is just you know sunshine in human form. Same girl, she's. An absolute woman now, of course. So that, don't be silly. But um, I thought she was a yeah terrific, uh, terrific casting, and uh, she was a fan as well. I mean, it's like we said about In Sync. She actually said um, when she was uh, approached to be on on the show, she's like, she basically called herself the Simpsons number one fan. Being on this episode is as much fun and as you know means as much to me as being in any sort of blockbuster. So that's uh, that that shines through as well. So yeah, there was there was a, a lot to enjoy in uh, Insane Clan Poppy. Well, that episode had something that not many episodes in season twelve had, and that was sentiment. We saw mm. a side of Krusty that I don't think we've really ever seen up to that point. You know, we, we, we we've seen him be you know sort of friendly to Bart and whatnot, but to learn to be a father, I thought was I thought it was just written mm. beautifully. I know I know he gambled away her violin, but you know, he, he, I mean, he, this this girl had just come into his life. So he, it wasn't like he was just going to completely change overnight. So like no. the, the the gambling with the with the mafia whatnot, and like Joe Montana playing that violin was fucking amazing. You remember that? But- of course, yeah, and of course, yeah. Joe's in there as well. So uh, yeah, again, but, that's that's points in its favour. But but yeah, but he's not going to completely change. But by the end of the episode, he had slowly sort of you can see that he was now on the right path. And I know that they it didn't really change the character of Krusty, but this was the perfect opportunity, if any, to to make him a more softer kind of character, if that makes indeed. any sense. It does indeed. And, you know, to use the term we used a little earlier, it's not quite the baby face turn, but it's, uh, you know, it's a, a, the sweeter side of Krusty. Yes. Okay. It is time for my number one. An episode that was sitting in my number two position for a while, then I went, nah, I'm going to go number one. It's an episode that I think is really solid from start to finish. And... I've just always, always enjoyed it. It's a tale of two Springfields. I think <laughs> it's got a really great premise. Um, it's an episode that just has the single story. Uh, it doesn't really waste any time at the start. I know it's got the uh, the the, the area, code, area code story at the start, which leads to Springfield being divided, but it's not like one of those ones where, for example, you said in Insane Clown Poppy where they have the book festival, which was just a, a five-minute setup to get Krusty to see his daughter. You know, yeah. so... So that that sort of book festival had nothing to really do with the, with the actual story, but still, uh, a tale of two Springfields. It to me of all the episodes in season twelve, it felt the most like a quote 
golden era episode. Um, it included so many of the city. I always love the episodes that incorporate as many people from Springfield as possible. Um, I think it just it, the writing was spot on. Homer as a mayor was just absolutely hilarious with his sash mm. and everything. Um, and everyone eventually bailing him. But it's, we also get the really, really great uh, guest appearance from The Who, who, of all people, I would not have thought would have embraced the role as much as they did. They seemed like they were having such fun, which was just that, great to watch. That's true. I mean, you do expect that uh, kind of enthusiasm from you know, an outfit like Sync or whatever. But yeah, but The Who were kind of like one of the, uh, you know, the premier you know, rock and roll bands from the 60s onwards. You would think they would kind of get um they'd get a call from the Simpsons going and they'd be like who what now you know and, <laughs> but, uh, it's it's like they've been watching since episode one and uh, you know we're up to speed with uh, with everything and more than willing to dive in and play along so yeah that was uh, that was great I mean yeah Dan you're you're spot on with everything you're saying about this episode I mean it works it, it's the kind of setup and execution that would work well in just about any sitcom it's just really good solid comedy writing but it yeah. works especially well in uh, in the Springfield and Simpsons kind of milieu um, there's a whole bunch of not subplots but uh, bits and pieces in here that could sort of each of them could spin off and be their own episode I think yeah there's, just, managed- there's so much to unpack it there's just so much fun. There is, there is, but they what they what they did with this episode was managed to, you know, combine them all really neatly. None of the it didn't feel overstuffed. It just felt stuffed, like like a perfectly packed suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> and look, say- any anyone who knows me knows that. Uh, sorry, I'm just thinking about um, when the lovely Louise and I will watch say Ninety Day Fiance, and they've all, always got people. Sorry, I've always got to bring things back to Ninety Day Fiance, but I'll tell you about the I'll tell you later about the other trash TV that we just started watching because it's so good. But um, on Ninety Day Fiance, you've always got people who are traveling to foreign lands and they're packing their suitcases. And Lou will tell you about fifty percent of the time, I'm yelling at the TV, "Who taught you to pack that shit?" <laughs> <laughs> so um, oh, yes, when I say it's a perfectly packed suitcase, that is high high praise from Guy Davis. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so yeah but i do know that i said uh there wasn't any randomness at the start there was a little bit for like the first two or three minutes but it was the badger in the doghouse and that is just such a fucking great like two three minutes so badger my ass is probably mealhouse that that first two or three minutes is so funny like this episode is just so funny it's just oh, oh exactly and I, all I, the bit I, with- all the bits with the area code, it's a wonderful recurring gag. Yeah, I mean, th- th- this is almost like textbook comedy writing or textbook sitcom episode writing. You could look at this as just a uh, a real um, yeah, how-to guide to do it really yeah. well. Upper class versus lower class. It's just, it just has every yeah. element that it's just so, so yeah, relatable. Uh, it's great. Yeah, stuff that's you know relevant to the real world, but it's yeah, particularly relevant to Springfield. So, uh, yeah, you recognise yourself in your own situation in there or at least something that you can understand and latch onto in your in in your own understanding it's 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 a good call and i can wholly understand why it's uh on top of your top five even though i i thought homo was actually you know i thought that sort of a know, lock touch the lock of the week <laughs> touched your touched your grinch like heart and made it grow three sizes but uh no <laughs> taylor two springfield a worthy winner uh in the dando in the dando stakes well, Mr. Davis, 
I got all your five. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> you did indeed. You know me well. I clearly don't know you at all. I've got, I've, <laughs> but you know, we've we've got what another twenty something seasons to kind of work out each other's uh, likes and dislikes. So we'll we'll see how we go with that. What to what run through your top five once more? Obviously, I can my get it. T- I've got it on my list as well, but I'll let you do it. <laughs> my top five. Um, well, in, in in no particular order: Hungry, Hungry Homer, New Kids on the Black, Children of a Lesser Clod, Insane Clown Poppy, and Trilogy of Error. Now, for those playing at home, read them out from five through to one. Trilogy of Error, Children of a Lesser Clod, New Kids on the Black, Hungry, Hungry Homer, Insane Clown Poppy. So, Hungry, Hungry Homer both in second position on on our list, but yeah, for me, it was uh, worst episode ever. Caught me by surprise. Homer, which I enjoyed, but not as much as I remembered. Hungry, Hungry Homer. Actually, that was my number three. Uh, Trilogy of Error is number two, and A Tale of Two Springfields at number one. I wonder whether any of our patrons uh, can guess it right. I won't read them out just yet, because I'll give them some more time. So this will be going up on Thursday in Austra- on Australian time. So they've got up till Thursday to try and guess them right, and if they can guess it right, they'll win themselves a awesome prize from the good friends Guy and Dando. Indeed. One other thing, and I'm doing this purely to cover my own ass. When I was putting together, you know, our list, the list of our various top fives, I thought I won't try to double up with. You I know, was similar because in- Insane Clown probably yeah. might have made my list, but I left it out because I thought guys definitely going to have that. Yes, yes. So um, believe me, I had a plan this whole time, and it's not like I'm completely ignorant of what Dando likes and doesn't like. Let's have a, uh, a notable mention. Let's do some notable mentions. Like, what, which ones could have made your list? Okay, well, you go you go ahead first, and you tell me. Okay, so I'll just get the, the, the season up now, all the different episodes. So there was one that could have snuck in. Um, I was thinking you might have had Lisa the Tree Hugger. I wasn't sure. No, I wasn't huge on that one, I don't think. Um, I'll tell you one that I could have snuck in, which um, was the Great Money Caper. Yeah, yep. Because you really love the I'm a triple threat. <laughs> uh, that's the that's probably the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone seemed to think that I I loved Skinner's Sense of Snow. I must have really liked it when I did a review, but I just didn't. When I was going back and reflecting, there was just five five other episodes that pushed it out. But I did enjoy it. It was a, it was a, a good Christmas episode. Really, it was good a cool dynamic having the the kids. Sort of like it's like almost like Lord of the Flies, you know, like take, take, or like the inmates taking over the asylum at the school. But mm. and we did get some good sort of like a, a little B story with Flanders and Homer trying to d- come to the rescue, but it just wasn't quite good enough to make my top five. But Skinner Sense of Snow is definitely a good one. I think people think that you would like the nibble through my ball sack. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course they I th- would. Yeah, I, th- I think people <laughs> think you've got a uh, a very juvenile sense of humour. I of course did not think that. Um, <laughs> what else is in the? Um, I mentioned Pokemon in your uh, or Pokemon in your yep. what I thought would be your top five. Uh, that's one that I that I did enjoy, and again, not just for the well, you know, the um, the good roster of guest stars, including Michael Keaton, is uh, you know certainly uh, certainly worthwhile. But uh, I Michael, who, who, that who, does, who does Michael Keaton play in that? He's Jack Crowley, the artist, the, or the, oh, the artist. artist. Of co- yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does some he does some really good work in that episode, and uh, and that's got the B plot of the uh, of Homer using the uh, the uh, rubbish uh, rubbish bin as the chiropractic tool. Oh, that was a really good B story. Yeah, oh, I forgot about that actually. Mm. Wouldn't mm. be enough to get it into my top five, but I really, really that was really solid. Yeah, one one of the more wackier schemes for Homer of the season, but it's uh, just it's not quite good enough to get into my top five. So, what do you think besides Simpsons Safari? We all know. 
What would you mm-hmm. What would you put as the, the 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 worst episode of the season if you take out Simpsons Safari? Because I'm um, going to go. I think with Tennis the Menace. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, that's that really feels like. Hey, not, but, actually, to- Simpsons Tall Tales wasn't very good either, but it wasn't that I didn't like it. I just felt indifferent. And it's one of those episodes that I know, if you understand the story, it's, it would be a lot better. So I know it's not a yeah. bad episode, but Tennis the Menace, I just thought was a bad episode. Yeah, Tennis the Menace, I think, as I said during the episode uh, that we discussed it, that feels like, we got the Williams sisters. Okay, let's do a tennis episode. <laughs> and it didn't really feel organic in that regard. It felt like reverse engineered based on guest stars. Um, Homer versus Dignity, the last two acts are just woeful. Yeah, that's uh, that's not great. So um, That's the Homer getting raped by a panda episode. It is, yeah. And you mentioned the computer war men's shoes, yes? I was about to do that now that the final eight minutes of that episode is like, what is going on here? Yeah, look, I mean, even as someone who admires the um, the classic TV show, The Prisoner, even I recognise that yeah, this is a bit esoteric. You don't want to really want to be sort of um, throwing in these sort of deep cut references without some degree of explanation. I mean, I think that's one's that one's very much for the like the contrarian fans who are like. Well, you know, you have to know a bit about number six in the village and the work of Patrick McGowan to to really get this episode. It's like you're making me do too much work, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think I think the best episodes of The Simpsons back in the, the earlier seasons they they wouldn't dedicate an entire act to a to a uh, a sort of an homage to a show like that. They would do like a skit, and they did this with um the episode where they're at the uh, it's called the Joy of Sect, where they're at the the leader and. Uh, Molman gets succumbed by that ball thing. That, 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 like, That's that, right. That, that yeah, yeah. So th- they would do little gags like that, right? Where yeah. or, this was this was an entire act dedicated to it. It's just like even even though I didn't understand what it was in the joy of sect, I was just like, "Hey, that's funny." Mullen's been eaten by a bubble, whatever. But in yeah, this, I'm just yeah. like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. What's what's going on? It, it was it was too much drawn out of the same thing. Absolutely, and I mean, um, look, even in really early episodes when they were sort of. Um, you know, doing visuals and camera angles, you know, ripped off, say, Citizen Kane or whatever. I mean, they weren't tell- they weren't sort of highlighting it or anything like that. But you know, those in the know who were watching The Sims going, I think that's I think that's a tribute to Citizen Kane. I don't think that's anything I expected to see on a on a cartoon series. You know, and I mean, you didn't have to know it. Uh, it was just there. You know, if, yeah, if you if you knew it, you'd go, "Wow, that's great. That's a terrific little Easter egg for me." Uh, but if you didn't know about it, you'd just be like. Oh yeah, well you know it's just it's a setup shot. It's a it's an establishing shot or whatever, and it works fine. But yeah, I mean in the case of um, yeah, in the case of this episode, it's like oh, no, that's this is too much. It's 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 not right. <laughs> no, but overall, season twelve, a big surprise. It was a lot more enjoyable than I was expecting going into it. I didn't remember too many episodes from the season. Um, I have to try and go in blind because I don't want to like spoil it. That's one thing about doing this show is that it's sort of not taking the fun out of watching The Simpsons on a casual basis, but I now sort of... Like, I can go back and watch the older episodes now, so it's fine, but the episodes going forward, I try to watch them week by week so that it's still fresh in my mind. I don't spoil anything. I'm pleasantly surprised by things. Like, for example, if I went and smashed out season 12 before we started reviewing it, worst episode ever wouldn't have caught me off guard like it did. You know, I probably mm. wouldn't have enjoyed it as much as I did. So, uh, season 12, yeah, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I think there was plenty to enjoy. I, I would say... More good than bad, absolutely. The The bad stuff was kind of like, uh, even when it was, look, there was some that was absolutely just abysmal, but there was also some that wasn't great, but just, 
but not great in comparison to really great episodes, which means that they're still not terrible, yeah. <laughs> if you if you understand my line of reasoning there. But thank you, everyone, for sticking with Four Figure Discount and listening to our reviews of Season 12. We hope you enjoyed. I'd love to hear what your thoughts were on the season. You can either contact us via the Patreon group or send us a que- uh, send us a, an email at mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Uh, don't forget, rate and review us in the iTunes store. Uh, give us five stars and let us know what you love about the show. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FourFingerPod and follow us on Instagram at FourFingerDiscount. If you're not a patron, it's the best way to get in touch with us as well. If you want some direct communication, we're going to be starting next week, Mr. Davis, on Season 13. There's another Treehouse of Horror episode, Treehouse of Horror 12. They're always a lot of fun, so looking forward to that. But this is Season 12 of Four Figure Discount. Mr. Davis, any final words for our incredible listeners? What's in the box? What's in the box? Spoiler, it's Black Hole Toys. Shh.